welcome to the Divorce Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and I am a divorce lawyer and author and have been through divorce myself. I'm here to support you throughout your breakup journey. On this podcast, I will share with you my secrets and legal tips on how you can thrive through your separation in small six-minute increments. Don't do it alone. I have got you. Hi, everyone. My name is Danielle Young. I'm a senior associate here at Collective Family Law Group, and I've been helping families through the separation process as a lawyer and advocate for over 14 years. One of my passions and one of the reasons I got into family law in the first place was to help families and specifically children uh, through the separation process. And while I landed in family law and I can't particularly help the children personally, I really take great pride um, in helping their parents through the separation process as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Um, I believe that each little person uh, has the absolute right uh, to live a high quality childhood. And unfortunately for them, they simply can't do that when their parents are embroiled in family law conflict. With that being said, we understand as family lawyers that not all families are the same and that some children are at a risk if they were to spend unsupervised time with a parent. And that may be because of a range of things such as uh, violence, aggression, drug addiction, alcohol addiction that one of the parents uh, needs to work on post-separation. But it also can be uh, because a parent is new coming into a child's life. So some parents might not have had the blessing uh, of being uh, or knowing children uh, right from their birth. And so supervised contact centers are sometimes used in that context uh, so that it's a safe place for children to rebuild um, or build for the first time a relationship uh, with their other parent. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, these supervised contact visits and how they can occur. The first part that I want to talk to you about is that we don't necessarily have to use a supervised contact centre for supervised visits. So families are at liberty to try and figure out their own arrangements for children. And so sometimes, and this is especially relevant um, and prevalent when we talk about family law matters, Um, And that is that children can be supervised uh, by someone that the parents trust. The golden example here is grandparents. So, for example, where a grandparent is trusted by both uh, parents, they can act as that in-between person so that the children aren't exposed to any conflict that they might otherwise uh, be subject to um, if the parents did the changeover themselves. And so in this example, what might occur is that... um, Mum might drop the children off uh, to grandparents' house. She leaves and then dad will come and pick up the children from the grandparents' house and they can spend some time. Now, in that situation, the grandparents can just be used as a changeover location, like I mentioned, so that the children aren't exposed to any conflict that they might otherwise be if mum and dad did the changeover themselves. 
Or it could be that the grandparents actually act in the supervisory role. So in the example I just gave, that would be that dad goes to grandparents' house and spends the time with the children supervised by the grandparents. Now that doesn't mean that the grandparents are there to intervene. Well, they are, but only if safety is an issue. But otherwise, their role is to simply observe and to be in the background and otherwise let the children and the visiting parent um, have their time together in as an enjoyable environment as they can without any interruptions. Another form of supervised time um, might be used, for example, where we have a really young child. And in those circumstances, provided that there's no safety issues in relation to the two parents, such as domestic violence, it might be appropriate uh, for those parents to agree amongst themselves that, for example, dad comes um, and spends some time with the infant in the mother's household. And she can then act in a supervisory role. This might be when we've got babies who are breastfeeding, but the parents agree that it's still really important for dad to go and be involved as much as he can in that infancy stage. And of course, if the parents are separated while the child is in that infancy stage, then that becomes a little bit more difficult um, when we talk about trying to think of ways and times that dad can spend with the baby. In that situation, it might not necessarily be in the mother's home either. It could be um, at a park or at a play centre. So the types of supervised time that I've talked about briefly here today are really for those families who significant risk factors um, don't exist for and where a family member can be the independent person between the parents, either for changeover or even for supervision if that is required, if there are risk factors. And of course, uh, when we're talking about babies. The second option for supervised time is the use of a supervised contact centre. That's a more formalised process. And there are different agencies um, and companies set up around Brisbane, the Gold Coast, well, really anywhere that you might be that offer those services. And that's going to be the subject of my next podcast. So I hope this information's uh, been um, useful and helpful um, and tune in for the next one when we can talk about the actual use of supervised contact centres. Thank you for listening to the Divorce Collective podcast brought to you by collectivefamilylaw.com.au. If you got value from this week's episode, I would love it if you would hit subscribe and take a minute to leave a review. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook just by searching for Collective Family Law. And remember, until next time, you have got this.